podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. It's been a while. I'm Trev Downey. I'm still here in beautiful rural Ireland and I am podcasting to you from my field in it. I am joined this evening for a comeback special. It's been a while, like I said, by Lisa Marie Hannan and Guy Drinkle. Grateful to both of them for coming on at short notice. I realise I've let it get out of hand, but we are back for the season now. So if it is your bag, rest assured, we're back with you. Let me say hello to my two colleagues of what Chris always calls lethal cunning. Lisa Marie, how have you been? I know you're traveling a lot the last week. Yes, I uh, just got back yesterday afternoon from a trip out to Texas in the Dallas area. But no, it's it's been a busy few weeks since we were last here on the main AI pod. Of course, I sent kid number two off to college. So that's been a a change here in the Hanahan household dynamic. And yeah, he just finished his second week of classes and he seems to be doing pretty good. So, Well, that is quite monumental. All right. Um, it and it, it, it's it, weird it, having only two kids at home. I'm, I, I'm just not going to I'm just going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, it's it's one of those things when, you know, I'm, I'm a mere amateur. Uh, in comparison to yourself with the one child. I, I, I always note the condescension in your voice, don't worry. <laughs> but uh, the empty nesting... It's just it, a it, different set of dynamics when you only it's, have it, one. It is real, though. It is real when, you, when you've been used to... Um, you know, permanent presence. And then all of a sudden it's like, hang on, what, what exactly is it that I'm supposed to do with my life now? That's basically what I was feeling. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's quite an unusual, at least you still have that, uh, comparative, uh, uh, demand on your, on your time when that, when that ends it is quite the culture shock. Uh, but yeah, y'all check with me in four years from now is when yeah, it yeah, will yeah. truly be, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, life changing. Yeah, that, that's a whole different. That'll be a whole different kettle of fish. There might be some genuine. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with excitement rather than depression at that stage. Uh, what about the week or two or three or four that it's been since we last podcasted in this particular guys, Lisa Marie? Uh, obviously, we've had the season restart and. Um, I was away on holidays for that guy. He's masterfully stepping into Raw for me for a play to him. It's been a really, really positive start overall, despite all the trauma within the matches themselves. How many of them have you managed to catch? I know you've seen them all after the fact, no doubt. But um, Actually, I never watched the Chelsea match. Oh, I didn't? never watched the Chelsea one. No. <laughs> now that I think about it, I just didn't. I yeah, that was I was just like after listening to everybody talk about it, I just never got around to, to going back and watching it. But, you know, sat down and watched Bournemouth and, you know, live as it was happening and then watched Newcastle last week after the fact, although I was kind of following along online, which was its own now looking back type of entertainment, um, because, of course, it was not looking good there until, you know, until the till the end and you know it turned itself around so um and then i did go back and watch it later that afternoon so yeah you know i mean i think you're right overall it's started off pretty positively that's not to say that there is not lots of room um for improvement but yeah i mean i think in the grand scheme of things there's more there's more pluses than minuses and i'll take that any day of the week 
Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. I was saying this to Jan last night. I, I, overall, I'm just excited, and I'm curious, guy, if you if you're in this uh, boat with me as well in terms of general levels of excitement, because I think it's interesting, man. You'll you'll have experienced this, no doubt. Maybe maybe not as much as I have. I stuck my head over the parapet and said a few things that weren't entirely positive. And my God, did the ghouls come out to play on my timeline? People who don't follow me but just found my stuff and decided to express their top redness in a very aggressive fashion. They all got lucky, Guy, because I just decided not to engage with them. In real life, I'm famously uh, not inclined to take any sort of back chat from anybody, but uh, you just got to let that stupid shit go. It's on, it's the internet. You can't win a fight in the internet, and you certainly can't win a fight with stupid. Have you been prowling around those waters? Because we do these podcasts, man all the time and you're listening to them and taking part in them all the time it's our kind of job here to be analytical and sometimes if you say something that can be interpreted as negative then you're tired with that brush i'm wondering do you find yourself drifting that way i'm looking at one or two of your tweets around the, the transfer window and i'm thinking is a guy in a good place or a bad place with this Middle place. Middle place. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. It's right and centre. Call me Keir Starmer. Um, no. <laughs> no, I won't do that to you. <laughs> um, I, I just kind of, I'm kind of disappointed. How do I word it? I'm kind of disappointed but excited at the same time because... You look at the lad, look at the new lads that have started the season. I mean, Alexis McAllister has kind of been handcuffed, so it's kind of too early to judge him. But you just watch Dominic Sabo's line. It's just like it's reminded me of when I was a kid watching Stephen fucking Gerrard. Yeah. Like that is that is really exciting to me. Like just watching him be everywhere on the pitch. The bloke's popping up at right back, centre mid, number ten positions on the wing. Um, it is literally like a Stephen Gerrard region. Um, uh, that excites the hell out of me. I, I, I'm really looking forward to see McAllister actually play in his position for, for more than half a game, yeah. um, which would be lovely. Um, but then there's the other stuff, and like Graven Birch, it does, it's not one that excites me. I think it'd be hard to get excited about Endo, let's be honest. Especially when the manager mentions he's a Milner replacement. It's like, hey, you replaced the least exciting player in the history of football. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, like, it's just, it's a question of what if. Obviously, there's still time in the transfer window. When this comes out, it'll be done. So maybe we've signed Leo Messi from 2010 or something. Um, who knows? Um, but, yeah, it's. I, I've had a taste of us winning stuff. And now I'm kind of where we're clearly at a point where we're restarting and it's top four is now the aim. And that's fine. But I still look at it and just go, we could still win the league. We still could and we've just not, we've not taken advantage of what I think is quite a, not, well, weak league, probably not the right way to put it because I think some of the teams that were weak last season have got better. Like West Ham, I think, have got better. Um, Brighton are very interesting, etc. But at the top end, I think Man City, obviously De Bruyne's out for the first half of the season now. Um, they've lost like Gundogan, who literally just kept scoring clutch goals at the end of every bloody season. So I look at the top of the league and think there's an opportunity to be had there. And Arsenal started poorly, Man United started poorly, Chelsea are a mess. There's an opportunity to be had, and you look at the second half of our summer transfer window going into a season where I think we can win something, and you just go, go the extra mile. Why are we buying a stopgap from the Bundesliga? Why are we signing, I know he's 21 and it's harsh to judge him, but why are we signing rejects from Bayern Munich? We're Liverpool. Push the fucking ball out, lads. Try and win the fucking league. It's... Like I'm really excited what we've done, and I'm intrigued by what Ryan Gravenberch could be. But like, go win something. Like I know we haven't got the Champions League to play for, but fucking take hold of the league and fucking strangle the life out of it. Because when we won the league, Man City would never in the fucking title or a picture. Do that again. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch. 
and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. You know, you're so right because... It, it is there. Listen, for right or wrong, whether deserved or not, seven points from nine is a fantastic return at this point. I heard someone describe it as, you know, top four sort of return. No, it's better than that. It is potentially, it is potentially the type of form you need to be in to go on and um, have a crack at this league title. And yes, I think what you've done there um, is you've broken the minds of some of these completely delicately balanced individuals who either hate FSG and Klopp and think there's this conspiracy around every corner or who just want you to trust Klopp, trust FSG and stop being such a bad wetter. Um, and both of those extremes can get in the bin as far as I'm concerned. They're they're not serious people. They're unthinking, borderline mm. troglodyte. And if you're listening to this and you decide to send a direct message to one of my podcast colleagues, which someone did after a transfer show, work away, have at it. If that's you and you recognize yourself, you shouldn't be listening to this show because we only like to broadcast to people who are open-minded and have ideas. You don't have to be rabidly pro or rabidly anti. You can tread a line like guys down there and talk about how it would be nice to be able to win things, folks. Uh, and we have the potential. We're so close to being there and there are thereabouts with this. And we might yet be, Guy. This is the thing. And this is where we have to twist it around. Mm. I'm going to come back to this topic because it's a big one. And it'll tie in with the whole concept of ambition, which we'll bring round at the end of our transfer uh, conversation and we'll do a little bit of a quick review at that stage whether right or wrong but it is now 20 past 7 on the night that the transfer win- window closes I think it's fair to say it'll be Graven Birch and, 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 and that'll be that so we'll do an assessment at that point the three of us and see what we think um, and, and, and never fear uh, the gentle listener we, we would we really love all the Reds. We love all our players. We love our manager. He's the best manager we've ever had in our lifetimes. I, I don't go back to Shankly. Kenny's my favourite ever, but there's something about Jurgen Klopp that's almost like a Shankly sort of, to use a, 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 a drinkalism regen. So what I think we're all saying here is we'd like to see the trophies reflect that strength that we've had in the team over time and if we have to watch this new 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 um, side emerge let's do it in an exciting way the Europa League is another topic we're going to come to I can't wait to talk about that later on I'm absolutely all in on that hipster trophy this year the best looking trophy in the world in my opinion uh, I'd love to win it in Dublin of all places at the end of the year that would be fantastic but let's look at that Ryan Gravenberg story Lisa Marie and we'll start with you on this one because it was the one that rumbled on from the very beginning it was a name that would never go away and I think it was a name that like I'll speak I'll speak openly. I heard the name because I, you, you hear these kids coming through with Ajax. And I was aware that he was pulling up trees for Ajax at one point. But then, you know, there are so many of those guys. And then he went and disappeared into the system at Bayern. And I hadn't heard a thing from him. I certainly hadn't seen him play. I would not claim to have seen him play. Um, so as far as I know, he is a very talented kid who got swallowed up by the big machine and doesn't seem to be able to get uh, a consistent run of form and certainly not starts. Now, that that's nothing to be ashamed of. And there's still he's 21, for the love of Christ. There still might be um, a very interesting twist in his career and almost a, a, an immediate one if he gets to work with as good a manager as Jurgen Klopp. And dare we say it, as interesting a coach as Pep and Linders. Who knows what that will do? Apparently, 
Lisa Marie, the two guys have been really high on Gravenberch. That's the word that's been coming out and circulating around rumours that the, the two lads, Pep and, and, and Jürgen, are very, very high on this kid. So I guess, Lisa Marie, and it, you might take this angle and, and, and discuss it from that point and, and, and give, give your view. I guess an awful lot of people, and some, some of them in the camp that I might have alluded to earlier on, would say, if the manager has decided that this is the guy, then who am I to argue? Or who are you or who is anyone to argue? And listen, I would never deign to know as much about football as Jurgen Klopp's forgotten. So that's not the point. So it's an interesting angle and I can appreciate it and I can, I can, I can have respect for that point of view when it's respectfully delivered. What do you think about this hot pursuit of Ryan Gravenberch that began at the start of the window and why don't we get him back then when he would have cost less? Well, because that would have made sense. Oh, that's a dig. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> hey, we're, we're supposed to be upbeat. Why yeah, are you on. applying common sense to this situation, Trav? <laughs> what are you thinking? Um, yeah. Uh, Ryan Gravenberch. I mean, I'll be honest. Most of what I know about this young man is... What I hear from our friend, Mr. Hendrick, on his two-footed podcast, et cetera, um, I've never seen him play. I mean, I have not sought out, you know, any gone to YouTube and, and looked at any compilations or, or anything like that. So, um, and, you know, as it's, and as, as you said, it's one that's kind of popped up since the beginning of the window and it would, you know, it would be front and center for a while and then it would go away and then it would come back and then it would go away and, and and after maybe the second, possibly third time of that, I was just kind of like, you know, if he ends up in a Liverpool jersey, great. If not, whatever. Um, and so, yeah, so now, of course, we have I have not seen a, a picture of him, you know, leaning against anything yet, you know, and know what number has been assigned to him. So, but if he's a Liverpool player, then obviously, you know. We're going to support him and we're going to want him to do well, because why would we ever not want one of our players to do well? You know, OK, he's in the team, then let's use him to the best of his abilities. Is he best suited for what we need? From all accounts that I hear, not 100 percent. But again, as you said, I'm not the manager. I, you know, I, I don't I don't know. He, he very well may be. They, you know. Klopp and lenders and whomever else may see something there that, you know, that I don't or whoever. So, you know, in the end, would he have been my first choice? Not necessarily. But if he is here, then he's here. And let's, you know, let's think, make the best of it, I guess, is kind of where I'm going with that. But um, but you're right. Why? You know, if he, he, that name has been circulating it seems like forever. I don't know if it was even circulating before the window opened or not, or if it just feels that way because, as you said, it's been it's been popping up for a while. Um, and maybe was it even popping up back in January? I don't even know at this point in time. Um, but yeah, but if if this is who, and I hate to use the word settle for, but but that is almost what it feels like. Then why don't we just get it done back in July so that he could have at least had you know some pre-seeds in time to get bedded into the team properly. I mean, it's hard to argue any of that. And if I see, I think what what people are drawing, the, people are going drawing conclusions, and what they're failing to acknowledge. And Guy, I'll bring you in on this aspect of it, is that there is a very fluid situation currently in terms of Liverpool's backroom. Um, where recruitment traditionally used to take place and clearly does to, still to a certain extent. But we have the enigmatic George Schmatke involved at the moment. We had Billy uh, Hogan having to intervene during the Caicedo um, drama. And we have very strong rumours, Guy, of a shake-up about to happen um, probably when the three-month Schmatke um experiment for want of a kinder word um ends so i think an awful lot of people might be adding two and two together and getting 17 in their various conclusions like you know perhaps 
I heard one guy actually last night. Jan said, "Well, you know, the, the our boys have done the the, the um, crunch the numbers on on this kid ages ago, and that's why we've gone back in for him." And then someone else saying, well, our guys crunching numbers and decided we definitely didn't want them, but Klopp wants them and Klopp's in charge now. So we're going back in for him. So nobody really knows, Guy, what level of autonomy, power, influence, uh, cooperation is going on behind the scenes. They don't know. They're all spoofing. And if they say they know, they're absolutely full of shit. Nobody knows because nobody is in position to get an honest answer because that would put a lot of people's positions in peril there. So with that in mind, I mean, what do you think of the rationale of signing that kid at this time, irrespective of his potential or uh, anything else, especially given the the stories that he seems to be very much the boy that these the, that the two lads wanted? Um, I mean, it, it's quite clear to see. I mean, the name has been there for years now, hasn't it? And I think all the stories that are breaking that we wanted him before he went to buy. And um, so obviously the interest's been there a long time. But as Lisa Marie said, if he was always of interest, Thomas Tuchel basically came out and said when he was leaving, yeah, he's, he's always been wanted. We've always not asked if he goes. So it's like, well, why didn't we sign him in June? <laughs> we, yeah. we signed McAllister before the season was over last time. Um, so Bozlai was done in a day. I know it was a release clause, but it's different. Um, we were t- uh, targeting Turam in in June. Um, we were linked to Lavia in June. Like, obviously, we were linked to Gravenberch for a while, but nothing seemed to be ever played out in the public. And that's probably the one way to tell us because everything we've done this summer has been played out in the public, which is the one difference from previous years. So I don't think Graven Birch was, whether he was willing or available or maybe buying just didn't know what to do because they were chasing Kane all summer or something. But it's hard to know. But if we really wanted him, we would have heard we were bidding 30, 40 mil in June, like we would have heard that. So yeah, I think I, I don't think it's panic buy because he's obviously been a long term target. But it's I don't even know how to word it. Scraping the barrel is too harsh, but I'll go with it for want of another phrase. But it is we've got to the bottom of our list of targets. I think we'll go with. But if both Klopp, sporting director Klopp, and head manager Pepin Linders, as, as uh, Dave keeps saying now, which I find funny, um, <laughs> I can agree on a target in in a pretty shit situation, to be honest. Um, fair dues. It's just strange because we obviously wanted a defensive midfielder because we bid £111 million for one. But to go from that to no one and then We've gone for Gravenberch, who I think Thomas Tuchel worded he's a left-sided eight, if not more an attacking ten type player. We've clearly got a void still there. So I don't think it's like for like. I think they just went, well, this is opportunistic. He could maybe play as a six, but we've. I, I don't think this is what we should do. But I think the managers, I'll go with managers, <laughs> um, they'll think Alexis can do a job there, which I hate. Um, Jones can do a job there. And then, and if Endo gets up to speed, he, he can play there. Um, I'd hate the phrase doing a job there. Um, it's a pain in yeah. the ass. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it smacks of, it smacks of, um, ill planning. Yeah, it, absolutely. But, but also the idea of, of compromise and yes, you, you, you raise a very, very interesting point, a point which, um, had many, many, many of the benighted masses coming out, uh, and sort of making their, ill-conceived comments again and again along the lines of what, what do you know Klopp trusting Klopp and various other noises along those lines when somebody once or twice it was myself would point out exactly what you just said and Lisa Marie it is disingenuous in the extreme and it would be if Jurgen came out with it. I'm not going to put words in his mouth. I'm not going to say he's going to do a repeat of what he did at the end of last summer with that infamous interview that 
I'm sure he wishes he didn't give. Uh, I'm sure everybody involved wishes they hadn't done it uh, because it just, yeah, it, it's it's been held up for for ridicule quite rightly. But it, it's disingenuous in the extreme for anyone to claim whether they say whether they're a trust in Jurgen uh, person or not, whether they're a, I just go for the day out and the buy a buy a pie and you know bring home something to the kid for for the kid from the club shop whatever whatever your mentality is it's incredibly disingenuous to look at our pursuit of Aurea and Chiumeni to look at our pursuit of Caicedo the dramatic intervention for fuck's sake that we made in the Caicedo thing I mean pure drama queen intervention could not have stated our wishes for a specific profile of player more if we tried I doubt the Ducouré rumours were pure fiction either the interest I think was pretty firm the price was pretty off-putting now to turn around then and I'm not again. I'm not saying Jurgen's doing that, and, I'm not, and it's not Ryan Gravenberch's uh, fault that 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 that, that, that uh, he has been chosen by the by the uh, by the manager. Maybe the manager's going, "Well, I'll just cut my cloth and I'll get get my DM or maybe two DMs, and maybe we'll get this South American lad in, in January." Who knows? We don't know the thought process. But for fans to be coming out and saying, "Well, what do you know? Uh, trust Jurgen. This is the player he wants. I'm willing to go with that," like it's some sort of virtue signal. That's just daft. It's ignorant. We, we clearly know the type of player that we needed. And if Fabinho had hung around and nobody saw Fabinho leaving, we were still going to get. Uh, what do you call him, Lavia as well. So it's it's really, really silly talk to say that we don't need a defensive midfielder. However, we're going to have to improvise, as Guy says. It, yeah, 100%. You know, I mean, as you were saying, as you brought Fabinho up, it's just, I was thinking back to, I guess, kind of the beginning of the window, which feels like, is it me or does it feel like it was six months ago? I swear to God. Oh, really does, really does. <laughs> it feels like it's been dragging on forever. But how much has all the Saudi Arabian interest really just thrown a wrench in the whole process? I mean, not just for us, but, but across the league. Um, you know, it, it's... Yeah, it's it's just it's interesting. And I mean, I think it's going to have an impact, obviously, moving forward in, in a lot of ways. I mean, and again, not just for for Liverpool, but but for all, you know, all the clubs on, you know, how this is is going to impact, you know, players and contracts and, and the whole bit. But anyway, that's that's a topic for a whole other show. Um yeah, it, you know, you're right. He's he's not necessarily I mean, it, you know, we've been saying since heck before the season ended that that we needed a DM, you know, I mean, that either. And of course, again, the, the thought was someone to, you know, to come in maybe as is kind of an apprentice to, to Fabinho or at least to share some of the, um, you know, the minutes, you know, you know, that was on everybody's, you know, want wish list, you know, from, you know, probably January on and it you know but and it just doesn't feel like it's been done you know to be fair I mean obviously Indo you know he's I guess probably would have made a lot more sense if he was coming in to kind of back up Fabinho and and now we need that you know we need the Fabinho replacement and we just don't feel like we've we've gotten it so it's it, it is disappointing and I think that's kind of Overall, where where my head kind of is, is because it all started off so bright, you know, with McAllister coming in just right away. And and then even, you know, when Sabazla came in in the beginning of July and then it's just it's just become incredibly frustrating. You know, the whole Caicedo saga was ridiculous when you when you think back on it. I mean, the whole as it was going on or or, you know, it was just everybody was so excited. And then it was like, you know, the balloon got the balloons got popped at the party because it just, you know, it, it died. Um, and Chelsea, I mean, ugh, those people. Um, and I hope Lavia enjoys sitting on the bench there. You know, I mean, that sounds very catty and mean, but I just have to say it. <laughs> he may not get to the bench. I, I've, I've said, I've said worse, Lisa Marie, don't worry. 
<laughs> yeah, he may not get to the bench. You know, that's the thing. They, that's they, true. I mean, he hasn't even been on the bench, has he? No, yeah. I mean, back back in, uh, sorry now to go full granddad on you, but back yeah. in, in 80, <laughs> 89, 90, when AC Milan were the best squad in the world, and they had the three Dutch boys, Hullet and Rijkaard and Van Basten and all that, and they, all these amazing footballers, including uh, Carlo Ancelotti and Franco Baresi and all these other guys, they just kept adding to that squad. And it got kind of absurd at one point, the stockpiling that was going on. But it was never anything as gratuitous and gross as what Chelsea have been doing. Um, actually, for a long time now, but most spectacularly under Todd Bowley. It's yeah, no, absolutely no. stunning. It's like... The, once there was a, a, an element of competition that became involved with uh, who was going to flex their financial muscle, I'm going to use that particular metaphor rather than some of the other uh, genital related ones that came to mind. It was always going to be the fact that Bowley was going to win that, whether he even really wanted the player at that value or not. They were not going to lose that scrap. And that's why why I couldn't understand why everyone couldn't see that immediately. It was always going to be them that won if it came down to it, because no no lever would be left unpulled, you know, in terms of finances and, 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 and that. But but Guy, I, I'm, I'm anxious for us to, to at least have some sort of... Uh, Positive? No, no, I don't want us to do it for the sake. Came to the right man. <laughs> well, well, here, let me let me put it to you this way. Let me put it to you this way. I can't be positive about Ryan Gravenberch because I haven't mm. a sample size of, of of what he's done. Now, I have seen because we've been linked with him some absolutely fantastic looking things. But mm. you know, I saw that kind of stuff with Lazar Markovic, but I also saw what Dom Sab was like. So it depends how where he falls in that little, um, well, that rather extreme sort of uh, gamut between those two players. And I'm hoping that he's far more dumb than, than Lazar and, and in terms of what he managed to produce in the Liverpool shirt. And I have literally no reason to think otherwise, because here's the thing about uh, Ryan Gravenberch that we should all be pretty excited about. And, I'll put this to you, Guy, and I know you've probably been recording shows and maybe you heard a couple of people talking about and a few more expert opinions in the last couple of days and, and, and maybe rounded out your knowledge that way in a way that I haven't. Mm-hmm. But just the basics, he seems to be a proper physical unit. That's a Premier League must. He seems to have that athleticism that's required. He also likes a shot. Um, he clearly can't be playing uh, in that advanced uh, midfield position that Tommy Tuchel was. Oh man, that was such qualified praise he was giving them today. It was really, it was, it was kind of cringy. But he can't he's be good, but he's shit. I don't like him. Yeah, he's good, but he's a right wanker. I hate him. Uh, but but he can't. You can't play in that position for Bayern Munich. Uh, or Ajax, for that matter, unless you are mm-hmm. very technically gifted. So. Knowing what we know about Jurgen Klopp and, and the way that he has dealt with talents, emerging talents who, you know, have been written off maybe by some people, even amongst our own friend group here uh, within Anfield Index in the past. Some people who went on to be fabulous footballers for Liverpool because they met the right coach at the right time in Jurgen Klopp. I choose to be very optimistic about that aspect of things let's take the whole is he what we need or what we think we need at the moment let's just let all the other lads go and, and let their opinion ro- roll with it it's hard not to have a little bit of excitement about that idea of him developing under Klopp into something quite brilliant hello I'm here to annoy you I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. 
So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'll just remind you, Trev, Lazar Markovic was the Arsenal world away from being the best player that's ever played football. So don't, don't be too happy. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I was halfway through using Lazar as an example. Yeah. I thought, oh, that's just going to annoy a lot of the hipster fans like Guy. Uh, but I... <laughs> just saying, I love that. Markovic was hard done by. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Yeah. To, to, to my point about the very big upside and potentially massive upside of Gravenberch. I think it was Dave. I do too many podcasts. Um, I'll listen to too many. Someone compared him to Yaya Toure, and I fucking love Yaya Toure. Yeah, yeah. Probably, uh, probably my favourite non-Liverpool Premier yeah. League. Yeah. Yeah, I did a podcast once um, with Ali Thompson, who's been on AI a couple of times. Uh, I think you did it as well. Uh, it was your dream 11 of retired players. Yes. Um, and I think Yaya had just retired and I had to get him in there. And I just like, out of all, like, do you remember when Man City were under Pellegrini and they weren't as surgical and boring? Just had Yaya Toure being the best player in the world for 30 seconds a game. That's when football was just, just cool um whereas now it's like oh they've passed it 200 times anyway anyway i'm going off track um (laughs) (laughs) Um, but if if we can make him into a yaya toure and hopefully not be as lazy as yaya toure um i mean that sounds like the perfect player like i'm sure Anyone who's played football manager or FIFA or whatever has seen Graven Birch in some form because he was the best young midfielder on those games for so many years. But if he can translate the obvious talent that's there, I mean, we've all, we've all seen the YouTube clips, even if you haven't seen a play of the, the worldies and stuff he scores. But I think he's like 6'3", 6'4", which is massive in, in midfield. If he can um, play to his size... Um, that's just going to be such a unique thing because I can't think of many massive midfielders. I know mean, you mentioned the the Dutch lads there from the Milan, but that whenever I've seen clips of like Rude Hullet and stuff, it's just the just the monster in him. Like I'm not saying he'll be Rude Hullet or anything like that, but when you see these lads who are six foot four playing in midfield or attacking midfield or whatever, that's just so unique because in the modern days we're so used to seeing like I don't know why Mesut Özil's popped into my head out of all the number 10s in the world but we'll go with that you see little lads like that and but if someone's six foot four and has all the technical ability of um of a dutch maestro it's such a unique thing to have and if he can press if we can teach him to work and press and do that ain't dutchy ayaturi i mind blown i'll take that any day of the week and we're obviously in rebuild mode, and I know you said don't go on to the thing, but if we have to wait, even if it's till January or a year or whatever, and then address whatever's left, if he has a year, then we get the defensive midfielder that probably needs to go beside him. Depending on what happens next summer, it could be the perfect thing. It's obviously a gamble, but all the raw materials are there, and you mentioned the manager. I mean, if you could handpick a manager to rehabilitate a career let's not rehabilitate 21 fucking year old what am i going on about but restart or refire a blossoming career let's go with that um jürgen klopp's probably the one most people would pick like he will put a fire inside you even in the last few years where klopp i think a lot more people are questioning klopp because there's a whole thing you mentioned it oh what midfielder do you want we've got all these knobheads um like You'd still, as if you were a player, you'd want to play under him rather than someone like, I don't know, Pep Guardiola is a fucking lunatic, obviously, because he waits for a camera and then berates his own player for some reason. (laughs) If if I was a professional footballer, and and this is obviously very much bias-filled, because I am a Liverpool fan, surprisingly, you'd pick Jurgen Klopp because he'll get the best out of you. And he'll make you want to play for him. And if you're someone like Ryan Gravenberch, who's just had a season playing under two, well, one's a serial killer, Thomas Tuchel, and Nagelsmann has shit fashion sense, 
which is <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost as bad as each other. <laughs> um, equal crimes. Yeah, equal crimes. <laughs> crimes against fashion and crimes against humanity are very much the same. Um, and then going from that to Jurgen Klopp, it's just, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm intrigued. It's hard to be excited because I'm kind of annoyed about the other stuff, but I am actually excited excited about him it just kind of he's there in place of people i want to be there but when i see a big six foot four technically gifted bastard starts silking his way through midfield i'm gonna forget all that bullshit about defensive midfielders and watch him bend one in the top bins <laughs> exactly that and i was i was listening to you and i was thinking that was an awful lot of the uh, it, it's it's an awful lot of why I'm so enamored by by Dom Sabozla in, in the three games that I've seen him play for Liverpool it's not just that he's a really gifted, talented player, it's the power and the physicality, the fact that he's a big unit as well. Um, and we know, and it's not, it's not perhaps, uh, you'd like to think that silky skills will always win the day, but it, we know what the Premier League is like. And if you can combine the two, then you are absolutely going to be a real sort of force in this league. And look, that's where that's where we should leave it because that's the reality of it is that you know guy said it the the kid finds himself being signed in the place of or instead of the players that an awful lot of us had in our head that we would have thought were more appropriate that is not his fault and i can't wait to see what jürgen does with him um so the minute we get the photos, maybe it'll happen during our show here. Um, I'll be all in, and 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 I, I really, really hope he absolutely pulls up every tree imaginable for Liverpool in a red shirt. And there was rumours, Lisa Marie, go back to your point earlier on that he's. There was rumours, at least, if, if nothing official, I guess, of the number thirty-eight shirt. I don't know whether that's true or not, uh, but we'll see. Uh, as as things go on, we'll see what happens. Don't there. like that. Don't, don't like it myself. Don't like it myself because <laughs> I, like I saw the two previous incumbents. It's not good. Um, so what we want to do is we want to just address something here, which might be no more than complete scuttlebutt, but it is transfer related, and it is if true, as the as they say, huge if true, uh, uh, which is the whole uh, Al Ittihad interest in Mohamed Salah. Now, Ornstein broke it. And we are supposed to believe that if Ornstein breaks it, then gospel it must be. If this is the case, then we have to give it a certain amount of credibility. It won't go away as a story now. However, the main people driving the story now, because jo- Joyce came out and said, yeah, they made a big bid, something well, big bid, 100 million going to 150. Uh, Liverpool knocked it back. They considered the matter closed. That was the gist from both Ornstein and Joyce, uh, our supposed bastions of truth. Now, probably sensible people leave it at that. However, Sky Sports are not sensible people. And all afternoon, Sky Sports have been reeling around with a new story of an offer of up to 200 million. So much so, so much so that it is dominating the entire Twitter timeline that if you were to click on at the moment, that would be all you would see is Mo Salah stories, Mo Salah linked with this Al Ittihad thing and people genuinely considering it oh my god is this possibly something that could happen and at least Marie I want to give you a go at this first because no more than the rest of us you're just observing uh, we don't know what is true we, 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 we would be very silly I think to ever place our faith entirely in journalists because at the end of the day they do have a job to do and if that means um selling selling uh, whatever they're trying to sell or getting as many views as they can possibly get you know that's their job at the end of the day and um we can uh, attribute as much veracity or integrity as we like to a set certain journalists but quite often they're wrong irrespective of their integrity or previous reputation for veracity so what do you make of this? Because the sensible, all the sensible heads and the absolutely toxically positive heads are saying, don't be stupid. This would never happen. It's too late in the window. I see absolute logic in that. Um, it was too late in the window a couple of days ago when it broke first. It was too late in the window last night when it wouldn't stop going. It was too late in the window when we finally heard it apparently dismissed around this morning or so by the two lads, Ornstein and Joyce. 
it's definitely too late now when they've added another fucking 50 million to the story and the rumor of a 200 million because we wouldn't have, I see people tweeting people who, whose opinions I respect tweeting. Well, okay. If you get this guy, this guy, and this guy reinvest that money. Yeah. Okay. Let him go. How are you going to do those deals before the transfer window slams shut in a couple of hours? It's not practical. It's not realistic. So the only thing that could happen here that we have to really address is that he may, if there is truth in this, he may accept that offer. And that would really fuck things up. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. <laughs> Yes, it would. I mean, <laughs> I've been, you know, ever since I guess it was probably about this seems like it was about this time last week where Klopp was like, you know, Salah's not going anywhere this season. You know, ever since kind of that, I've, you know, I've just for the most part ignored it. Now, I know, again, it, it sort of popped up again midweek. I really wasn't at a place where I was able to be paying very close attention to to all the various news stories and Twitter posts or whatever that, that were going around at that time. But, you know, that was my thought, as you just said. It's, it's too late, you know, obviously never say never, especially when people are throwing all kinds of money at it. But I certainly can't hear, see here at the 11th hour of the, transfer window i mean yes it is a ridiculous amount of money i mean i think the latest i've seen popping up is 200 million yeah plus add-ons plus yeah whatever (laughs) (laughs) but yeah there's no way we could get it i mean heck we can't get deals done when we're not up against a deadline why (laughs) why would we be able to get this 11th hour stuff you know taken care of so i i mean i just really want to think that no, it's not going to happen. And part of me now, this more naive part of me isn't isn't as naive now on the first of September as it was maybe on the uh, I don't know fifteenth of June. But part of me thinks, you know, that's not the way Salah's going to want to leave. I kind of I kind of see him wanting to see how many more records can I break. You know, this is my last season with Liverpool. How many more of these records can I rack up? You know both for Liverpool and the Premier League before I'm out the door. Um, you know, do my goodbye tour, all, all the things. I just, but again, you know, bef- if you had asked me of that a few months ago about Jordan Henderson, I I would have thought that he would have wanted the, you know, the big farewell party too. So, so yeah, never say never as far as that's concerned. We've, we've all covered that multiple times, you know, here over the last few months that, you know, you, there's no such thing as, you know, you're not going to turn down the money. So, um, yeah, but I just really, I don't know. And I don't know now if it's just I think that on a practical level or if it's more me hoping and wishing. So, <laughs> well, you know, what, do you know, what, do you know, what often occurs to me, right? We you, you inadvertently did a thing there that I've done so many times. Uh, you, you kind of you put your um your concept of uh 
practical what's, what's important what's important and, and what, what 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 what's valuable uh, right. and and you superimpose it on on, on somebody else and then and, and then i'm suddenly thinking okay what if i am the the biggest star in 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 in, in arab culture and i have the potential to be the front facing um symbol of a burgeoning 10-year plan, incredible project, infinite money, now starting to attract talented youth as well as decrepit uh, journeymen. I wonder would I would my head be massively turned and I, I'll sp- if, if, if I superimpose myself and, and, and say, imagine if there was, if, if all this was happening in Ireland and, and uh, all of a sudden there was an opportunity for me as an Irish lad to be that guy. I mean, that, that would be very, and I know I understand Saudi Arabia is now where I'm all from before anyone starts thinking I don't understand geography, but there might be, a, there might be a massive, massive temptation you know, to be the guy who's fronting something, you know, in in a culture that you're familiar with, where you're worshipped and idolized, where he would be almost like Maradona was in South America. Um, there would be like icons of Mo knocking around the place. I'm just, I'm playing devil's advocate here, um, Lisa Marie, just for the sake of wondering, I wonder, are we guilty perhaps of not fully taking into account how, huge that might be for him as a temptation. Now you you make a you know a really good point there uh Trev because I I think there is a lot and I mean I'm going to raise my hand and say it I think there is a lot about the culture of that part of the world that I mean I have a very basic understanding of but but you're right. If you you just saying that to me I'm like oh yeah you know he's 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 huge. He's like, you know, Michael Jordan was over here many, many years ago, you know, just to kind of put it in a different, you know, or a more understandable context for kind of myself. Um, And and yeah. And and so, I mean, I think you're right. I think we sometimes don't take that fully into account. So, yeah, I don't you know, I don't know. I mean, you're right. You know, or as I as I said and you're saying, you you know, who knows? You know, nobody knows what Mo Salah is going to do ultimately, except Mo Salah. And, you know, we can all project what we think from what we know of, of right. him as a, you know, and, but ultimately, you know, the only person who knows, you know, where his mind and where his heart is, is, is Mohammed Salah. And as much as I would hate to see him go, you know, <laughs> it's his life. And he obviously has, you know, the freedom and the ability to make the choices that he feels are best for himself and his family and, and whomever else. Exactly right. And no, it's a re- that's a really good um, way to swing it back around. Nobody, um, to, to, to kind of unify our two points there, nobody has done more project- projection recently than uh, Liverpool fans uh, in their take on what Jordan Henderson would never do. Uh, right. And it shows you how wrong you can be. Um, and it's not that's not moral judgment. I couldn't give a shit uh, at the moment about that. That's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is we cannot ever understand, which is what you're saying, what's going on in someone's head. Now, we're going to take the show home in a minute talking about the Europa League, but I want to get your take on this as well, Guy, because it's not as if it's a throwaway story. You can say, and you might have a lot of validity in your point, that it's just Sky making mischief. But I'm just judging, I'm, I'm taking the, the, the temperature here of the more sensible types on my timeline. Some people whose opinions I would respect, and most of them are taking this seriously as a possibility. They've ceased to dismiss it completely out of hand. So I guess we have to afford it a little bit of time. Um, Or do we? Are you of the opinion that it's just guy mischief making? Um, No, I, I... I think it is. I think it's Sky being Bellens, basically. But I think it. I think it's a genuine story. But I think Sky are being Bellens because, well, that's what they do. They get paid for. Well, you get paid for having a blue tick and interactions, don't you? Um, that's a side eye at Dave Hendrick there taking Elon Musk money. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but I mean, of course they want more Salah. Of course they've probably been in his ear all I don't know two years now. Whatever the hell Saudi Arabia fancy. Ah, we want a World Cup. Let's build our country up. Um, I mean, it terrifies me. Because they, I think their window's open for another two weeks, so we've got another two weeks of this. Um, so that's fun. I think if I'm going to be boring about it, Treb, there's two ways to look at it. There's the fan side of it where you go, if we lose him, I will cry and never watch football again till we resign a replacement. Because let's be honest, we're not doing that with two hours left and three hours left in the window. Right. Um, and then there's the business side of it where, where does this bid get beyond the realms of reality that you just simply have to accept it right because we're not playing with football levels of money here we're playing with oil barren levels of money here now i know football is the most broken sport in the world in terms of transfer fees and stuff like that we've just we've done a podcast speaking about spending 40 mil on a lad who played about a thousand minutes last season where we are whinged earlier about that we didn't get a 111 million pound player but if Saudi Arabia, a state-backed team, Saudi Arabian team, just goes, he is 300 million. And I'd hate it with every fibre of my being. And I'd hate FSG, I'd hate Klopp, I'd hate Linders. I'd even go back to the goalkeeping coach bullshit we used to do back in the day, just, just to distract myself. Um, but if they, just, if they just whip out 300 million... Yeah, fucking um, But if, if someone just whipped out 300 million and goes, yeah, would that not be irresponsible of the lads running the club to reject? Right, and a small three hundred million is and, fucking massive money. Exactly, on a small scale, we already had that. Someone offered us the same money that we paid for Fabinho for a far less effective Fabinho, who's uh, five years older. We took it. We said thank you very much because you don't refuse that because it's common sense. The point is, if it, if if you were to go now in this little extended fortnight that they have, um, it's a fucking disaster because we can't react to it. Anyone who's doing all the sums on who we could still possibly get is not really thinking that through. I, I have to put it out there because apparently, um, Bayern were looking to get in Paulinha, and. Yeah. There was also a deal for uh, Southampton's Bella Kachup that's gone pear-shaped as well. Mm-hmm. And they might both be poachable at the last minute. Now, I would love to think that our boys are doing fancy shooting in the back rooms somewhere trying to hijack those deals and get those deals over the line. Because at this stage... We would worship the ground that Paulinho walked on 20 years of age or not. And were we to get in Bella Kachup coming in, uh, we'd be very excited about that as well because he is clearly an exciting talent. I'm just throwing those out there because it's the last chance I'll have to do that because in a couple of hours it'll be gone. But last word to you then, Guy, not, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm aware I'm just kind of stepping on your toes, but last word on the Mo thing. Uh, just to add on the Paulinho thing, that fell through because they couldn't get a replacement, so I think there's no chance of that. Uh, right. A few of the ITK lads have mentioned Bella Kutchup, but there's been like not even like a word of... Not even Romado's like, jumped on it yet, so it's probably BS, let's be honest. Uh, the more thing, I mean, if he goes, I'll just cry. I'll, I'll come on a podcast and cry for an hour. Yeah, uh, that sounds like absolutely <laughs> fucking quality, quality radio. I'll join you. Uh, at least I'll, I'll you can get do a har- the Hagen Daz in. Yeah. yeah, you get the Hagen Daz. We'll have a and, uh, we'll, What we'll do is we'll do <laughs> harmonies. We'll just we'll 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 absolutely we'll do like barbershop trio of crying uh if mo leaves and and you can, I, I don't give a shit if you don't enjoy it you can you're gonna have to fucking listen to it listeners um i i i want to finish up with a with a good story because the good story is that we do have european competition um it's hard to console yourself when you're watching other fuckers in the champions league draw but i've decided i'm all in on this european uh, europa league uh, crack and we had the draw today and i just want to finish very briefly i'm not going to take much of your time because i know we're heading towards the hour but I do want to just touch on it fantastic story we saw the Liverpool uh, group uh, in this particular draw we ended up with let me remind myself here uh, LASK uh, and Toulouse 
And most excitingly, Union Saint-Gilloise, who are from the Belgian Premier League or top flight. They were promoted there. I, I read up about them. They were promoted only in 2021 and won the, the top flight the year after. I think they were third last year. Um, and they have in their ranks McAllister's brother. Uh, it's a story you couldn't uh, possibly uh, wish for a better angle for a bit of a human interest story. What I love about this group is I think we can kick seven shades of shite out of all of them, uh, even with weakened teams. And I'm all here for Liverpool wins in every way, shape or form. And I love the idea of us doing that. I could be very wrong. and We might end up putting out um, the kitchen staff and not really doing that well. But I think it's a group that we should absolutely dominate, uh, even with the kind of weakened out, uh, um, lineups that we're going to put out. I loved that um Callister squared story I'm very excited about the whole thing I'll be honest with you in a way that I couldn't possibly have been when uh, the scars of missing out in the Champions League were still quite raw um, and I just wonder where you're both sitting with it so I'll finish with your thoughts Guy and, and, and we'll wrap up the show then but I'll just get yours on Lisa Marie I mean have you found yourself warming to the idea of Europe's secondary competition oh yeah I've I've been fairly you know, on board with it, you know, once we, I knew we weren't going to make champions league and I was just like, well, you know, then let's just go win the Europa league. Let, let's do this. Um, I believe I've already reserved um, a, a spot in your, in your field there. If, you know, we make it to the final in, Absolutely. You know, in Ireland. Um, Absolutely. Anyway, <laughs> but, you know, I think what I was, I, and I did, I enjoyed the, the angle of the, you know, McAllister brothers, um, you know, needing to, you know, playing against each other, that that's fun. Um, did, and, and did, the, you, did you see the video, uh, Lisa Marie, of the of, yes. of, of Union Saint-Gilles on the plane? Great, right? That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's it. And I and I like that they've both look like they've bought into the, you know, just the, the fun of it as well. But what I'm most excited about in this first group stage is after listening to Guy mention on multiple occasions that, you know, we were going to be playing teams in places that I've never heard of or would be unable to pronounce. The fact that I can, I know where these teams are all at and, and can pronounce the names of all the clubs is, is very exciting for me. <laughs> Absolutely. To, to be goals. fair, Lisa Marie, I saw Pot 4 earlier to, this morning. I was like, I do not recognize her without looking <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there are some absolute gems in it. I, oh, I'm sure there are. I, I, didn't, I haven't really taken a look at the other groups. I'm just focusing on our group. And yes, those were all clubs that I've at least, you know, heard of in passing. And yes, so I was I was just a little bit excited about that. Because after all the things that you were telling me previously, Guy. Well, well, here's the thing, Guy. I was looking at them. So we got the West Ham's group. West Ham ended up with Freiburg and Olympiacos. And here you go. FK, TSC, Baca, Tapola. No idea. Uh, Rangers oh. are in it. Rangers are up against Betty, Sparta, Prague and Limassol. And I can see Rangers not getting out of that, which is lovely. Uh, Ajax have Marseille. Brighton and AEK Athens. That's fucking awful. That is a horrendous <laughs> group. Uh, and we'll have some great games. Atalanta, Sporting, Sturm Graz, and a club, Rakow Czetowskowa from Poland. I've, I've murdered that. That's got to be a Polish club. So I, I'm so very sorry. I didn't even look at the, the letters there. I, was just, I just said I'd make some noises. Uh, it, we, we, uh, LASK, am I right, Guy, in saying they're Austrian? Yeah, I think that, well, because Salzburg exists, that the, the team that's not dodgy, that's good in Austria. <laughs> ah, excellent. And then yeah. you've got you've got Roma, Slavia, Prague, uh, Sheriff, who were in Champions League last year, and Servette. You've got Villarreal then in a, in a, in a group with Ren, Maccabee, Haifa, Panathinaikos. And then Leverkusen are in with Karabag, Molde, um, which is um, the Norwegian crew, and BK Hacken from Sweden. I'm looking at all those groups and we absolutely have pissed it there. That we've done really well. It's a that's a really good group for us. The travel guy is going to be minimal. We will be oh, able Oh yeah, to, that's right. Yeah, we'll be able to put out a secondary string there and hope to do reasonably well against at least two of those teams. Um and I'm not saying they won't be fighting for their lives and cup feel and all that, but 
it's it, it, it could it couldn't have gone much better for us, guy. No, I think that's perfect. We've got the nice no travel, as you mentioned. They're all relatively well known teams. I think Toulouse won the cup, so they didn't even finish too high in League One. Uh, Union, it'll just be interesting to see all of Brighton's children. I said Brighton's children. They're, their team's full of children. Secondary, adopted children, that's what we'll call them, because that's Brighton, uh, the owner of Brighton owns Union as well. Right. Um, and last, I think, I, well, I didn't watch the Europa League because I'd rather die. Um, but I think Lask played last, uh, Man United last year or two years ago. I can't remember when. Um, so they've obviously they've obviously been in Europe for quite a while now. But no, I think it. I think for the lads who go on the away days, it'll be really fun because I mean Toulouse is very unique. Um, but to go get to go to Belgium and Austria, or I have no idea where Lask is, but might be like Sound of Music stuff. Who knows? Um, might be some magical Narnia land. <laughs> um, <laughs> We'll see, but I've looked at I've looked at I don't know if Union will play at like the national stadium or something like that, but their their like pitch looks like some pure like dog and duck stuff. It's fantastic. Yes, I've I've, I've just clicked on it. It's called the Joseph Marion Stadium, and it's got an open side with trees. Yeah, it's fucking magnificent. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about with hipster football for this year, and uh, the idea of do, Mo Salah. Do you remember when we played Braga for the first time and they have a fucking mountain in the stadium? The mountains <laughs> in the background. Oh man, yeah, yeah. This is what it's all about, and in, in, in this, in this, um, and, and actually. I think I, I might go out of my way to try and make one of these trips because that that that's exactly what. Maybe I'll I'll be a fair weather fan and wait till slightly later and knockout stage. If we to, to the final when it's around the corner. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe <laughs> who, am I, who am I kidding? I'm just going up the road to Dublin. Uh, but you know, it, it it is exciting stuff, and I I'm I'm glad to hear both of you upbeat about it. Generally speaking, because you know we do have a very. Uh, high level of potential for the season, including Mr. Gravenberch, who still not photos, but we believe he's over the line. Um, we do have this competition to look forward to. We have made an unbeaten start. Uh, we have pulled a win from the jaws of defeat uh, in our last game. And we do have a game against Aston Villa uh, at the weekend to look forward to. I think that's a very good spot for us to wrap it up. We didn't do our usual intros and we're not going to do our usual outros. We want to keep this to an hour and we've already gone slightly north of that. But I think that's an acceptable um, kind of a, of, of a length of time for you guys who are listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed being back. I want to say thanks to Lisa Marie and to Guy for joining me this evening for this show and apologies for our absence for a few weeks we are now back in the saddle for the rest of the season uh, with our floating cast of characters so we look forward to trying to entertain you and hopefully it'll be during a very happy season for Liverpool in general I've been Trev Denny, that was Lisa Marie Hanahan and Guy Drinkle, this is the Anfield Index podcast and we'll be back with you next week We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.